friends, welcome to the Sunday Sermon segment of We Need God. Please listen as Father Carrozza offers his homily for today, which was recorded live in St. Anne's Parish. I have come to realize in recent years that the whole concept of why we wear ashes on Ash Wednesday has, to many people, been completely lost. And a lot of different opinions and things people come up with, things that they worry about, about getting their ashes on Ash Wednesday, have led me to believe that. And so I said, well, you know, maybe centuries ago people understood what ashes were all about, but today it's foreign to us. So I came up with something that would help us understand today a little bit better. And we're going to do something a little bit different this evening. Today, when you come forward, instead of receiving ashes, I'm going to give you one of these. I've made these lovely signs that we're going to wear around our neck. It even comes with a cord around it that you can wear very much like this. And it just has a sign on it. I don't know if you can read it in the back, but it says, I am a sinner. Please pray for me. So today, instead of getting ashes, we're going to get one of these. Okay? Okay, you're thinking good joke? No, I'm serious. We're going to get one of these signs today. Now, okay, I'm, I'm kidding you. We're going to get ashes today, of course. But wearing ashes on our forehead and this sign around our neck mean the exact same thing. That's all these are about. This sign, as you can tell, this thing I made of paper on my computer, doesn't give me any special graces by wearing it. If I don't get one today, it's not going to curse me. I'm not going to turn into a pumpkin if I don't get one. It's not a thing that you wear as Catholic pride, and it's not a cultural thing that we do simply because, well, it's Ash Wednesday. No, it's the same thing as the ashes on our forehead. All the ashes are is a sign to everyone who sees us, I am repenting. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I need to return to the Lord and do penance. Please pray for me. I wonder if most people who don't or many people um, realize that that's exactly the significance of what we're wearing today. Maybe some of the things that we've had connected with ashes that have made the church had to change our custom of distributing ashes on Ash Wednesday. Maybe they would see things quite differently. And we wouldn't have some of the things that some of us have, as priests have laughed about, joked over, and sometimes even said to ourselves, oy vey, over what they've been happening. I could write a book on all the things connected with Ash Wednesday, but a few things just to give you a taste of where, of what was happening that the church realized we have to do something different about receiving ashes and why the church decided instead of just having priests stand in front of the altar all day or in street corners or something, just putting ashes on as many foreheads as possible, that the ashes should be shared within context of a prayer service or with mass. So with that in mind, we've had people that have come to us with all sorts of different things. Um, a friend of mine, a priest, had told me about once years ago in his parish, it was about five minutes before midnight on Ash Wednesday, and he was already in bed, and the doorbell rang, and there's this guy at the door speaker saying, Father, please, I didn't get my ashes today. I've got to get my ashes before midnight strikes. And he says, well, what's the big deal? Please, no, I've got to get my ashes. And he says, well, by the time the ashes are all the way over in church, by the time I get dressed and come down and go with you and open the doors to the church and put ashes on you, it's going to be after midnight. So you missed it for this year. But the guy was in panic. Please, Father, please, I have to get my ashes. What did he think was going to happen to him if he didn't get his ashes that Ash Wednesday? That year, he just, all right, you didn't get a chance to get them. No big deal. 
Others, when we started telling people you have to come for mass or prayer service, started calling and asking, well, at what time during the prayer service are you giving out the ashes? Yeah, you see what they're trying to do. I don't want to stay and pray. I just want to get my ashes. Can I just come in quickly, get my dab of ashes on the forehead, and then run out the door? I don't want to pray. I just want to get my ashes. Other people, sometimes at a mass, you know, one of the masses on Ash Wednesday, they come up and they're late and they're coming up on the communion line and we're going to give them communion. And they say, no, I don't want communion. I want ashes. I say, okay, let's look at this globally. You do not want the body and blood of your Lord and Savior. You do not want God, body, soul, and divinity, so that you will be united with Christ on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. That you're not interested in. All you want is a smear of old palm branches on your forehead. Or we've had stories of people adamant about you know, really fighting us because we said that we, it makes no sense to give infants ashes because they're not repenting of any sins. And people say, please, my baby has to get in, up ashes. Why? What sins has the baby committed that the child is publicly doing penance for? There's no special blessing. There's no special grace along with it. So we don't think about the meaning of it. And probably the most horrible one I ever came across was once, uh, even before I was ordained, I was in the seminary and teaching CCD in a certain parish. And uh, we used to teach on Wednesdays. And so Ash Wednesday was one of the days we were teaching CCD. And the week before, I was teaching sixth graders. And I remember talking about abortion, which was part of the lesson. And the next week on Ash Wednesday, one of the mothers of one of the girls came into the class and she laid me flat. How dare you teach my daughter that propaganda of yours and those horrible things against abortion? You know, obviously she was pro-abortion and all that. And she laced into me, this is a disgrace, blah, blah, blah. And nothing I said to her was going to make a difference. And the next week, one of the mothers told me, you know, don't let her get to you. She's a little bit of a crazy person. In fact, this is what she did. When she walked out of the classroom, she, grabbed, she told one of the mothers, and I fixed him. When I walked out of that classroom, I wiped those ashes right off my forehead. Now, how did she, by any wild stretch of her imagination, fix me and get back at me for teaching her daughter that abortion was wrong? You know, as if I got mad at somebody right now for doing something, I said, you know what? I'm going to fix you. I'm not wearing that sign anymore. Ludicrous. Unfortunately, things have happened that way, and we can't necessarily blame people. I don't know why we lost track of what ashes are all about, but that's precisely what it is today. At the beginning of our penitential season of Lent, we go back to an ancient custom that goes all the way back to the Old Testament of somebody who was repented before God wearing ashes and sackcloth. We spare ourselves the sackcloth, but we still wear the ashes. It's a reminder to us and everyone else I have sinned, and I am beginning a time of repentance. Please pray for me. And that's why the church has this beautiful custom of wearing ashes at the beginning of our Lenten journey. But while sometimes many people, you know, even saw ashes oh, actually as only a customary thing. Well, you get ashes on Ash Wednesday, just like you might wear green on St. Patrick's Day, just because it's St. Patrick's Day, even if you don't happen to be Irish. Well, no, obviously our ashes mean more than that. But while we understand, hopefully now, what ashes are all about, sometimes many of us here have not mistaken the reason for ashes. We know what it's all about. But we've mistaken our carrying out of Lent, and we've missed maybe the ways to make Lent really what it's meant to be. 
Have you ever gone through 40 days of Lent and said, all right, I'm going to give up something for Lent. Let's say you're going to give up chocolate, and you're very good. You don't touch a piece of chocolate for 40 days. And then Easter Sunday comes along, and you get your Easter basket, and you pig out on all the chocolate you would have eaten during those 40 days of Lent, and then some, and then discover on Easter Monday that you're no different from what you were on Ash Wednesday. Well, if that's ever happened to you, and believe me, it's happened to me many years, maybe we're not maximizing Ash Wednesday and Lent and doing with it what it's meant to do. It's meant to be far more than just a battle of willpower, just to see if we can give up something good, you know, just to see if we can do it. And yes, it is a sacrifice to give up something we enjoy. That's part of our penance before the Lord. All right, I sinned before, so Lord, I will deny myself something I enjoy for 40 days to make up to you. But... Just like the ashes without repentance make no sense for us to give up things to try to overcome sin without looking at our sins and trying to overcome them, well, then we're missing the point of doing that. So, yes, we give up whatever it is that we give up. That is an important part of our Lenten journey. But also looking at the sins, the very sins we commit that make it necessary for us to go through this Journey. What have I done that I'm sorry for before the Lord, and what do I have to change? And make sure during these 40 days we tailor a penance and our prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, the three legs of the tripod upon which our Lenten journey rests, and say, Lord, help me to know what I can do so I can overcome these sins. And by self-denial, we break our own self-indulgence, the times that we give ourselves everything we want. Just by denying something good to ourselves, we remind ourselves, no, you can't have everything your heart desires. And there are times you have to say no to yourself. And by denying ourselves something we enjoy, it should strengthen us when we're being tempted to do something that we know is sinful. That call, we call upon the Lord and say, no, now that I've learned how to deny myself chocolate or coffee or cake or whatever it is that we give up, now I can deny myself this sinful thing. And hopefully over the course of the 40 days, we have grown away from those sins. And if we do that, then by the time the Easter Vigil or Easter Sunday rolls around, we will discover that these 40 days have truly been a time of conversion for us. It has brought us back to Christ. And what has happened by our turning away from sin? We've become better people. We've grown closer to Christ and we grow in character. And that is something our world needs so much of. There seem to be so, many, so few people who have character. What is that? The ability to make other people see what is important and change them for the better. To help people realize that life is worth living, that God loves us, that he's there for us, and that he has something far better in store for us than all the earthly things we worry about each and every day. But rather, our mind should be turned to God. I mean, look at the world around us. When we look at the news and we read the newspapers, how many of us look at the news and say, oh, the world is getting better and better every day. We just love where it's going. Nobody does. It's getting worse and worse all the time. And I've always maintained that the reason it's getting worse is that the more we throw God out of the story, the more we decide I can live without God, the worse things get. And the worse things get, the more we blame God that everything is not right rather than blaming ourselves. And we uh, step away from him all the more and things just get worse and worse. And today maybe is, as St. Paul says, now is the acceptable time. Now is the time of salvation for us to say, you know what? We can't do it on our own. We need God. I need God. 
Lord, help me to realize my need for you. I have convinced myself for so long that I can do it without you. And you know what, Lord? I need you in my life. I need to worship you every Sunday. So I've been t- if I've been telling myself, I don't need to go to church on Sunday today. Yes, we do. Because this is where our faith takes place. Let's face it. How many people have stopped going to church but have kept their faith strong? It just doesn't work that way. This is the heart of our faith. This is where it takes place. So number one, we will return to faithful worship of the Lord every Sunday. We will pray to him every day. We will try to follow him and be what he created us to be. And when we do that, when we grow closer to Christ, we find all of the joy, all of the meaning, all of the, the life and the fullness that Christ wants to give to us. We find the joy of a life lived firmly in Christ. And my friends, one of the best ways we, I can recommend to you now during our Lenten journey to make good steps towards Christ and grow closer to him is to participate in our Christ Life program, which will begin a week from tomorrow. And you get a free meal from wonderful uh, Midland Pizza across the street. You know, we don't charge you for it, but you get a wonderful meal. You'll get to gather with people and... Uh, listen to the topic of the evening, pray together, support each other, and grow closer to Christ. And it's not catechesis, and it's not a time where we try to give you a hard sell on following the Lord or anything like that, and we deliberately do not go near the hot topic issues. In fact, if they come up, we deliberately try to put them aside and say, let's leave those on the shelf for now. For now, we don't want to talk about the controversial issues. We just want to talk about Jesus and our relationship with him. Many of you, as I see here, have already made that journey. Others, I know, could appreciate a lot out of making that journey. And you probably all know somebody that could also participate or um, benefit greatly from participating in our Christ Life journey. There are flyers and cards on the back table. There are several members of the Christ Life team who are here today who can answer any questions you have. Just fill out the forms and send them in, and I guarantee you, you will appreciate it. You will find it was time during your Lenten journey well spent. So whether it's Christ's life or whatever we do each and every day, let today truly be the way that we remember to repent and believe in the gospel, because now is indeed the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. May Jesus Christ be praised now and forever. Thank you for listening to this week's homily by Father Carrozza. If you enjoyed this homily, please pass the word on to your friends and invite them to listen. For more materials from Father Carrozza, please visit www.fathercarrozza.com.